Welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont from DuPont Wealth Solutions. As a practicing advisor and attorney, Greg teaches pre-retirees how to reduce debt and taxes and save with less risk so they have more spendable income and plan their way to a better life. Join us for this journey where Greg draws on years of experience and guest experts to help listeners achieve more spendable income for retirement. Hello and welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont of DuPont Wealth Solutions. Today we're going to be talking about estate tax planning in the COVID era. Greg, how are you? I am doing well, Eric. How are you doing? I am doing great. I, I really am. This is uh, this is one topic I actually have not thought about uh, when it comes to COVID. I mean, I, we, we've talked a lot about different things, but estate tax planning specifically. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what your insights are on this. Well, I'm happy to share them with you, Eric. All right. Sounds good. So where do we start today with this? Well, I, th I think the, the best place for us to start is trying to get a little perspective uh, on where we are now and where we are headed, because uh, COVID has not only fundamentally changed our uh, societal norms uh, and our health concerns, uh, but the long-lasting implications of COVID on our economy um, are going to have some manifestations uh, in places where people are not really thinking. Uh, and I contend that the primary place uh, that people are not thinking where it's going to end up at is in estate taxation. Hmm. Okay. So th this sounds like it's a pretty big topic. How do we break this down today? So first, again, a little perspective. You know, I started practicing law back in 1992, mm -hmm. and things were completely different then than they are now as it turns in, in terms of uh, estate taxation and how it works. Back then, uh, if you had a estate that was in excess of $600,000, uh, you needed to pay attention to estate taxes and how to manage that uh, because the tax man would come in and hit hard when he hit. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you had an estate over $600,000, you had to do some things to try to protect it. Because when I say hit hard, it would basically would come in about 50%. Wow. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, over the course of the last several decades, that part of the conversation has gone away as the government continued to increase exemptions from estate taxation. But I believe as we look to the future, uh, that's going to change. Uh, they're going to go back to that. Well, I mean, that makes sense because, uh, again, you and I have spoken before on the podcast that with all the stimulus, with all the money that is just flowing out of the government, um, the debt, national debt is, I don't even like to look at that debt clock anymore because it goes too fast for my eyes to follow. Um, it just continues to rise. And so they've got to capture money from somewhere. And this, again, it is morbid as it sounds, a lot of people are like, well, the dead people don't need it anymore. <laughs> You know, and the the government isn't really you know thinking about hey how about how are those people going to bless their kids and grandkids? They're, the government's more like hey how are those people going to bless us? So I could see them raising some serious taxes. So remember Donald Rudsfeld, who had his known unknowns and unknown unknowns. Yeah, yeah, a little confusing, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, in, in the COVID era, I believe we have known risks uh, and unknown risks uh, that are unique to where we are now. The known risks are, 
you know, what's going on right now societally with predators and schemers uh, mm-hmm. to uh, that are preying on, uh, well, not just the elderly. Heck, uh, have you gotten your calls about your iCloud account? I haven't. I sat there one Saturday afternoon, and we had 12 different calls from 12 different numbers. Uh, that was a phishing scheme to try to get me to call them because there was some alleged uh, problem with my iCloud account, which ultimately they would end up asking for a credit card, et cetera, et cetera. So these schemers and predators have been out there for years, but now with the technology that we have and people being at home uh, as much as they are, it is abundant, uh, and uh, as we look into the COVID era, uh, you know that is going to continue. Uh, and then we have the cost of care. Uh, so these are the known risks. What people don't uh, understand is the unknown risks of taxes in the future. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I mean you said one of the known risks as far as you know, long-term care or, or health and hospital. Um, I would even wonder about that as far as we know that's a risk, but do we know the true cost of that risk? Because with all the COVID stuff and the, the different things that these facilities are having to implement, they're going to be passing costs on uh, to residents and, and people that need to utilize those types of services. And so I think I'm curious how much the cost will actually go up compared to maybe the last five years. What, what's the cost going to go up in the next, next five years? Right. And when you think about the exacerbating effect of the current political climate where mm-hmm. uh, there's talk about, you know, uh, Medicare for all, that type of stuff, we're, we're, we're moving toward an a increased caste system with medical care yeah. uh, and the powers that be uh, are going to surtax the people that try to go private to support the people that are taking the governmental care. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know how that's going to end up, but we know the dynamic that's at play. And if we project that out, what I believe uh, you need to do, which is the 5, 10, 15, 20 years into the future, what's that going to look like? That long-term tax trend to pay back the government for medical care uh, means that people that are private paying things are going to have to pay more. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what's your opinion? I mean, as far as like the estate taxes and and, uh, what the future looks like? So when we are dealing with the taxes and charges against an estate, people need to understand a couple of fundamental things. First, when I mentioned that $600,000 number from back in the early 1990s, uh, that number includes the value of your home, your value of your retirement accounts, your value of your life insurance policies. So whereas back in 1992, where $600,000 was a fairly significant savings for the average consumer, if we look to most of the people that I see now uh, with a home, with a retirement plan, with insurance, if they go back to anything like that, uh, then people are going to be exposed. Now, if you think about the... Uh, the math, uh, what was $600,000 back in 1992, is a little over $1.1 million of value now. Wow. 
And when I look at what's ha- happening in the housing here in, in central Ohio with the, uh, the real estate bubble, you know, so many homes are a half million dollars and up. Uh, you look at people that have taken prudent steps to get insurance to take care of their family and what have you. Uh, then that's really, if you throw on top of that now uh, a retirement savings, you're in the zone where if we go back to that structure we had back in the early 1990s, uh, you're in a state tax target. Got it. All right. So what does that look like for the future then? So the future looks even worse. How's that sound, Eric? <laughs> I, I love, thank you so much for that. I, we should just call a podcast now. We're done. Um, you know, it's, no, please continue that thought. <laughs> a, a moment of the bleak. Yeah. So, you know, as, as we've talked about before, you know, it's one of my central contentions that taxes have to go up because of everything that's going on. Or there's such a risk that that's going to happen that you're being a poor steward of your money if you're not thinking about these things, especially when you're talking about an accumulated life savings and potentially passing that on to children or grandchildren. When we are dealing with a state taxation, uh, there are essentially three taxes that I believe people need to be thinking about. One is uh, the estate tax, which is that tax on the bulk value of your estate that I referenced being $600,000 back in uh, 1992 before there was an issue. Well, now it's $11 million before there's an issue. So people rightfully have grown kind of insensitive to that. But that's the one I think is going to be pulled back. On top of that, though, we have the income tax that is in the retirement plans that, after the SECURE Act, has to be done within 10 years. And then thirdly, we have potential capital gains issues that we need to talk about with estate taxation. Okay, so how does somebody protect their life savings in a situation like this when they have to think about all these different things? And obviously, they're also thinking about not only their own retirement, but, you know, again, my goal is to be able to bless my children and my grandchildren. I don't want to, you know, just pass away and then, you know, just basically have my burial costs, you know, covered. I I, want to be able to leave a legacy. It's a challenge, isn't it, Eric? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the... This is why I, I contend that uh, an integrated approach to estate planning and retirement planning is absolutely essential. You can't do one without the other. You know, if changes that you make to improve the tax picture for uh, an uh, inheritance for kids and grandkids, well, that's also going to potentially improve your picture for your income in retirement. Failing to address the income tax uh, for your retirement, well, causes a potential bigger problem for inheritance. And I want to take a a moment here to, to dig a little deeper into the capital gains part of that, because a lot of our listeners out there taking a path that is not the retirement planning path where they're using money in their IRA and 401k. They think they're ahead of the game because they are putting money in real estate. They're investing, building a portfolio of real estate. And I believe that uh, that is a process that is full of risk right now when we look at inheritance. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason I say that is, 
for as long as I can think of, uh, capital gains has been treated differently when somebody dies. There has been what's called a step-up in basis. Yes. To use the easy, easy example, um, if you had um, a share of Apple stock that you bought 100 shares at 10 bucks or 1000 bucks investment, and you held it for the last you know, 20 years, and it's now worth $100,000. If your kids got that by inheritance, then that capital gain, when they sell it, would be based upon the difference between when they inherited and when they sold it. So in other words, when they inherit it, they, the, the cost is that 100000 Right, so then, if they sell it at two hundred thousand, then they're only paying the tax on the hundred thousand, not on the hundred and ninety-nine thousand from when you, the original purchaser, got it. Is that what you're saying? You got it right, right. Okay. So, if you think about uh, the picture of um, a retirement that's built around investing in real estate and having a portfolio of real estate, where you have you know millions of dollars of real estate, then that could, in the current regime, uh, there's a good possibility that that can get that same step-up and basis treatment uh, and then go on to the kids. If they get rid of the step-up and basis, then what's going to happen is, well, going back to that Apple example, now the $199,000 is taxed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... If you think about with uh, real estate and rental property specifically, when people are investing in that, they have uh, depreciation and all those things that that push that basis down. So it could be a real, real problem for people that have a, a good amount of real property in their portfolio when they die if they change uh, the step up in basis. And I believe that the Secure Act last or year before last now. Uh, was just the first salvo uh, in that war uh, where the Congress is basically going for the low-hanging fruit. First time it was, okay, we're going to be able to get rid of the stretch IRA for retirement funds, making sure that that money is taxed within 10 years. I believe that that's going to get shortened up in this COVID era as they look for other ways to get more money out of that. Uh, And then I think after that uh, comes the change of the step up in basis. Those are two easy things for them to do before they go back and attack the actual estate tax rate itself. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what are some other tools that people can use to protect their, their? I don't want to say nest egg, but their their life savings, the things that they've worked so hard for? Yeah. So against this backdrop, uh, my subtitle for today was everything old is new again. Some of those tools that that I learned about in the late 80s, early 90s when I was in law school uh, are now going to be even more important than ever. Uh, Things that people have not paid much attention to in their estate planning, retirement planning, et cetera. Things like, um, just first of all, a basic gifting strategy uh, that many people don't do uh, for fear of not uh, having enough money in retirement, Mm -hmm. Uh, a gifting strategy where we're able to give, if you have a married couple, call it $30,000 a year to somebody, your kids or whomever, individuals uh, throughout your uh, lifetime uh, each year. So we need to start thinking about potentially if we want to benefit our kids and grandkids, 
do we use a gifting strategy to try to get some of that money out of our taxable estate? Mm-hmm. Now, if you go past a basic gifting strategy like that, then uh, now we got to take another good, hard look at life insurance. Because life insurance is, uh, I believe, as we look down the road again, 10, 15, 20 years, the best bet for you being able to pass any type of asset on to children or grandchildren mm-hmm. without it being taxed. Yep. Okay. And then when we look into life insurance, you know, there are ways to do that so that not only does it benefit your intended heirs, but provides you uh, some benefits during your lifetime as well. Gotcha. So, so for example, Eric, if, if I, if I uh, told you that I knew a, uh, a uh, money genie, and that money genie uh, would take every dollar that you put in to pay for a life insurance policy, uh, and they'd basically say, for every dollar you put in, I'm going to put $3 in. And the outcome of that would be something that provided not only tax-free death benefit, but potentially tax-free income for you during your lifetime. How much money would you want to give that ta- that that uh, that genie? As much as I could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, people instead of doing that uh, are saying, "Well, I'm going to put my money in my 401k because I get a match of six percent." Got it. Yeah. We got to start thinking differently, folks. Yeah. Hmm. So other than giving your money away as a basic gifting strategy, because, okay, we got enough that we're comfortable in doing that, and we're mm-hmm. going to make sure that we get that down to the next generation or the generation thereafter, uh, or using life insurance, which is taking money out of your estate to pay for uh, the premium. Other than those two things, then we look at some of the legal structures that are out there for us to try to mitigate this uh, by using trusts, uh, whether we use revocable trust or irrevocable trust. These are going to be tools that have an additional need uh, in this era than they had for the last, oh, call it 20 years. Mm-hmm. All right. And I, I know that we can dive really deep into those in future podcasts, right? We will go into the deep waters. All right. Sounds good. So what else? So going back to that example that I gave with the uh, portfolio of rental properties that people may have accumulated throughout this era, we might want to look at a family limited liability company to start peeling away some of that value, giving it to the kids while you're alive without losing control over it. Uh, That's another tool that people have used historically uh, that is going to have to have a uh, a fresh look uh, for people that have been able to accumulate those type of things, or, or for that matter, for the f- uh, family business. You know, these are the tools that we need to look at to pass that on to the next generation with the least amount of tax complications. And then lastly, for those that are so inclined, uh, a fresh look at charitable trust, uh, being able to put money uh ultimately where you want it to go uh, to benefit who you want it to benefit instead of going into the general coffers of the government. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, obviously I think everybody would like that as opposed to the, the latter option that you gave. Uh, so, so Greg, there's a ton of great information in this podcast already. And I know that we're getting low on time. There's a lot of strategies. There's a lot of 
positive things. I mean, this is, you know, the, the last part of this podcast has all been silver linings on what people can do. Uh, first of all, I'm going to ask you for final thoughts uh, for today's podcast. And then the second piece is for those that are interested in exploring some of these and not waiting for those podcasts that we're going to do that are going to deep dive into these different categories. Um, I'm going to ask you to, you know, give your contact information so they can reach out to you. But uh, what truly, to wrap up today's podcast, what would your final thoughts be? We are entering a new era. I'm calling it the post-COVID era. Uh, actually, I'm calling it the COVID era because I don't think a post is ever going to be there. This mm-hmm. is going to always be with us now. Uh, and just like the 401k uh, ushered in an era of complacency uh, with retirement planning, uh, the change of tax law after 92 ushered in a era of complacency with tax planning for your estate. Uh, We are now entering uh, uncharted territories where an increased need for governmental revenue is not only going to be squeezing those retirement funds, but it's going to be squeezing estate funds. Uh, And we have to take proactive action uh, as good stewards of our money. You know, we've worked hard to save this money throughout our lifetime. And although we've taken care of our kids and they've gotten to a spot where they're doing well for themselves, you have to think down another generation. Uh, because we have gone through an era here in the post-World War II U.S. Uh, of unprecedented middle-class growth. And if you look at all of the factors that are in play, uh, the chance that your grandchildren are going to be able to accumulate savings like you have uh, is very low. And so being a good steward of the family fortune, as it were, uh, we need to be taking those type of steps. And if you do wish to reach out and talk to me about those steps and others, you can reach me uh, through the email, uh, greg at dupontwealth.com. That's G-R-E-G at dupontwealth.com. Or by phone at area code 614-408-0004. And I will uh, talk to you, bringing both the disciplines of the financial advisory world that I've grown to know, uh, as well as my 30-odd years of estate planning experience from the law side. Yeah, and that's incredibly valuable. Greg, thank you so much for the podcast today. It, it actually gave me a lot of hope for all the different ideas that you've brought forth of how to protect um, that that life savings that, that people really do want to protect. Um, I don't think anybody's just ready to say, hey, Uncle Sam, come on in and take it. Um, I know I'm not. So, again, <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Eric. Take care. And, of course, the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Greg comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share this podcast with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at DuPont Wealth Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Advocate. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of DuPont Wealth Solutions. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 